Have a seat. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm so used to mornings. I know it's evening. Getting corrected by them kids. We're glad you're here. If you're new to this place, my name's Ryan. Uh, we're glad you're here. And if you've been drugged here by somebody, uh, bribed maybe, we're even more glad you're here. Tonight we celebrate God coming near. And, and that reality had such an impact in the first century because it went against the theology of synagogue-going Jewish people and it went against the theology of pantheon-going Roman citizens. And you were either one or the other. And whether you're a person of a synagogue or you're a person of the pantheon, this reality of Jesus becoming or God becoming human was a difficult thing to swallow. And we celebrate that God who is with us and is among us is actually a person, a God who is for us. And that's really good news. And so what I want you to do this morning, uh, doing the morning thing. I want you to take a look at this number I'm going to throw on the screen. 78,391,156. Any ideas what this could be? Um, I can't even see hands. I'll just help you out. It's not the number of country songs that sound the same. (laughs) Susan, that's for Susan Clark. Um, It's not the number of times that Dan felt like he was going to get fired. For those of you who weren't here yesterday, that's an inside joke. Um, It's actually the amount of dollars that came in on Christmas Day last year at the box office. So in one day, movie theaters across the country made $78,391,156. Now, Why is that the case? Well, it's because we love stories. Anybody in here going to see a movie on Christmas Day? I'm raising my hand because we are. Some of you. Some of you are probably like looking at me and going, that is so bad that you would do that. But we love stories. We absolutely love stories. We love a good story. And we've gathered here tonight to actually talk about a story, a story that the church has told for 2,000 years. And a story that's actually true. The problem is, like many stories, true stories can actually turn and can easily turn into fables. They can actually get twisted along the way. Like a bad game of telephone. You know, where one person starts talking and they pass the message on and by the end of the line, it's like, where did that come from? Stories can do that too. So I I briefly want to talk about three things tonight, really briefly. Poetry, St. Nicholas, and stockings, okay? Start with poetry. Anybody familiar with this little poem? "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, right? Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse." The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. So that's the poem part. We're already done, okay? 
Second part I want to talk about is St. Nicholas, because this poem was actually written in 1823 in a small little city called New York by a guy named Clement Clark Moore. Now, Clement had a, a little kernel of truth in this poem, its main character. Its main character was St. Nicholas. No doubt you've heard of St. Nicholas. But St. Nicholas was a holy man in the 4th century. And St. Nicholas, he was a bishop in Asia Minor. And he was imprisoned by Emperor Diocletian because his his faith was resolute. Now, here's the thing about St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas, um, he was convicted... Um, on two principles. The first one was this, his love of the poor. St. Nicholas had a profound love for the poor and he, his heart broke for the poor and he chased the poor down. He, he helped them every way he could. And the second thing was his passion for justice. So St. Nicholas had a heart for the poor and his passion for justice. And at the time, uh, he ran into uh, the Roman emperor Diocletian over and over again on the things that he was doing. The, sco- the story, is, it's pretty interesting. He was, he was imprisoned, and the story goes like this. On the days leading up to Christmas Day, St. Nicholas would give gifts to the poor. He would bring gifts of clothing or, or, um, or finances to the poor in hopes that on the day, on Christmas Day, they, they could show up and worship God with a sense of dignity wearing a new clean outfit or a new clean shirt. And his, his gifts were never actually given on Christmas Day because he felt like gifts given on Christmas Day would actually um, get in the way of actually worshiping Jesus. So for those of you weirdos that open gifts on Christmas Eve, you're actually probably more holy, <laughs> according to St. Nicholas, okay? You're still weirdos, but you're... Now, here's the, here's the po- point of, about the poem, okay? Over the ages, this whole idea of twas the night before Christmas, it got restoried, okay? So the mission of St. Nicholas kind of got restoried into the consumption of gifts, to, to receiving gifts and giving gifts um, to each other, and that over time, the, the mission of St. Nicholas kind of veered off track. In the words of the author and activist Shane Claiborne, who says it quite well, he says, Our job is to train up a generation to laugh at the lie that our joy must be purchased. That was the heart of St. Nicholas. So now we've talked about the poem. We've talked about St. Nicholas. Let's talk about the stockings. Remember, where were they hung? By the chimney with care, right? And when we think about hanging stockings, it all feels really nostalgic, right? Like, it's such a great thing. You hang the stockings over the chimney, and and it's this kind of warm and serene kind of feeling. And the idea of stockings actually telephoned through the years, and it it, it was actually about leaving their shoes that are wet and and cold and 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 their socks by the fire to warm up. 
And what would happen is the, the thinking was that coins would come down the chimney and bounce into your shoes or into your stockings. And that's kind of a heartwarming tale. But the truth is actually a tragic reality. It's actually a different story. And it doesn't sound very festive. See, the truth is that in the fourth century, the time when St. Nicholas was, was doing everything, poverty was really, really high. And families had to make really difficult decisions. And sometimes those decisions got so desperate that uh, they had to come, families had to come to a difficult choice where fathers had to sell some of their children into servitude in order to help them get a, a, a food to eat and for the family then to get money to go on. And it was a really tragic, painful, awful time. And that's where the stockings originated from. Because as St. Nicholas learned of this tragedy that was coming on many families, he took the funds from the church and he would scamper up on rooftops and he would drop gold coins down chimneys. And he did this for two reasons. The first reason was to protect the children from being sold into uh, servitude. And the other one was to protect the dignity of the fathers of the impoverished kids. And this day was originally, Christmas was originally about redeeming the plight of the poor and, and preparing them to adore Christ, the Christ child on Christmas morning. And if you fast forward to 1931... A famous image brought to us by the Coca-Cola company. This is a picture by the artist Hayden Sundblom. And by this point, the transformation of the story was complete. And what had started out, do you see how easily stories can change? What started out as a bishop in the fourth century who loved children and worshiped Christ turned into pretty, something pretty different. And, and we celebrate the season, but I think sometimes a, a very familiar story for some of us around Christmas has to do with Jesus and the manger, correct? You can get rid of that picture. Get rid of that. So I want to finish by talking about three things. Jesus, Bethlehem, manger. And really what I'm going to talk about is bread. Jesus, Bethlehem, and manger. Jesus said in John chapter 6, 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. The second thing is Jesus came from Bethlehem. The city actually means house of bread. That's what the word Bethlehem means, house of bread. And the third thing I want to talk about is manger. Manger, is it, we, we think it's this, this cute little uh, crib uh, in the woods or in, 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 the, in the inn. You know, it's like this special little thing. It's actually a feeding trough. Some of you know this. Many of you know this. So when you put all these things together, Jesus, the bread of life is born in a town called the house of bread and he is placed in a feeding trough for all of humanity. 
And that would nourish every human heart that ever feasted upon him. And that is really the story of Christmas. It's the story of bread for the poor. And not just the poor economically, but the poor spiritually. For those of us and, and all of us in, in, who are, are human people, we, we walk this earth and we're hungry and we don't know why. And we're not talking about like the stomach hungry. I'm talking about the kind of hungry that life, at the, at the, at the quietness of our life, that ache, that deep hunger and that deep ache. And that is because, because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to fully and completely be nourished that we can actually fully and completely find our life and our sustenance. St. Francis believed that the Advent season is to be the best of all because he believed that Advent revealed God's posture towards the world. And here's the thing. I'm not sure what you think God thinks about you, I'm not sure what your year has been like. I don't know what 2019 has been like for you and your family. And and I'm not even sure what your image or your understanding of who God is. But I do know this. The belief of Christmas is this. That God is with us means that God is for us. And that is the gift of the Christ child. He says, I have come to be with you, to redeem you and give you life. And Jesus said many things, but a few of the things he said, I'll just sum up. He says, come to me, all who are weary. Come to me, all who are hungry. Come to me, all who are thirsty. Another image we get in scripture is the image of light. And the image of light in scripture is all throughout. And there's something so comforting about light breaking into the darkness. So, so comforting to see light where there was darkness. That's why many of you are going to drive home tonight and you're going to veer into some neighborhoods and you're going to look at all the Christmas lights. So beautiful. Isaiah 9.2 says this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And I don't know about you. Like I said, I don't know what your life has been like this year. I don't know what has happened to you this year. Maybe you have been walking in darkness. Maybe everything you've tried and every uh, way of thinking and, and every new endeavor has just led to more darkness. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary, all who are hungry, all who are thirsty. Now let's sing Silent Night together.